Listen up. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the podcast participants and not to any participants, employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. You know, for fun. So lighten up and enjoy. Stomping Jen. Sawtooth Frank. How you doing? I'm all right. Awesome. It's um, an exciting <laughs> episode we have. Yes. We're going to be talking to Brent and Claire Walton. They are the owners of Liberty Woods. This is a 75 plus acre horse farm in our town, the western Massachusetts town of Belchertown, Massachusetts. Mm. Right. And on this farm, right, this, this farm is the nexus of many things, right? Um, Claire and Brent offer horsemanship, boarding, yoga, meditation, life coaching, an Airbnb. What? They have everything. We stayed in an Airbnb recently. We did. Yes. So not we're gonna, theirs. Not theirs. No. But we did stay in an Airbnb. Yes, that and is I true. Know what that is. And oh, we're gonna okay. talk to them about this. Great. I have questions. And they have an a very interesting um journey that let brought them together and led to the um manifestation of liberty woods okay it sounds great i can't wait to hear yeah. about it you want me to just get going yes, and stop please. talking <laughs> okay i'll do that <laughs> here we go Creamy, delicious ideas without the creepy truck. Oh, stomping Jen. Oh, we're in a singing mood tonight. We're here to chat with our new <laughs> friends, Claire and Brent Walton. Hi, how you doing? Good. Hi. Hello. Thanks for doing this. Um, we really appreciate it. Our pleasure. Yeah, pleasure. Now, I was going on and on about Liberty Woods. This is this is a creation that um, you and two put, that you two put together, um, and I want you to tell us a little bit more about it. I'm, I'm sure I butchered what it actually is in my description, but yeah, tell us what your uh, vision is for Liberty Woods and what you've done with it. And yeah. Tell us where what, you want to go with it. Yeah. Tell us what you do there and what it is to you. What do you think, Claire? Uh, what I think, I think is uh, kind of a land, uh, our paradise. We find our paradise here and uh, we want to create really uh, some energy around horses and yoga and, um, sharing this um, way of living and being pretty much. So we have a different idea, probably Brent can share with that. Well, yeah, I, I think uh, 
Liberty Woods, um, you know, like to liberate people from maybe what's holding them back or, you know, what is holding them down in life, um, you know, through different modalities, the horsemanship, the yoga, the meditation, life coaching, um, to just allow them to see other possibilities and possibly break through for themselves, whatever that looks like, depending on what they're looking for, what they need. And now, how did you two find this location? I mean, it's an almost 80-acre horse farm that's set here in the town. I mean, we all live in this town, Belchertown, Massachusetts. Like, how did how did you find your way to this property? Like, what led you to it to begin um, offering these different things that you do there? Um, well, we, we were living in Salt Lake City, and uh, where I lived for 22 years. And my dad just lives about 10 minutes from here in Belchertown. And November 7th, he sent us a link for this property. It was for sale. And it was like, oh, I found your dream home. <laughs> I mean, Claire's dream home. And it was kind of like a ha ha ha. And uh, what happened then? Well, for me, it wasn't a dream. uh, It was actually a nightmare, I say, (laughs) because I used to work with horses since uh, since I'm young and um, I'm used to work in a country and I know it's a lot of work when you have uh, horses in charge and a lot of land to take care. It's um, it's been married a second time, pretty much. And my lovely husband is more a city guy. So I try to tell him, like, you know, <laughs> it's a lot of uh, things over there. Uh, I twisted her arm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that I think that's interesting. Um, everything um, has an up and a downside, right? Even though it's your dream to work with horses and have a property like this, I mean, Claire, you said it. It also represented somewhat of a of a nightmare. And was it was it taking on this big challenge? Because, like you said, like eighty acres is a huge amount of land, and I imagine there's like barns and like all sorts of stuff that you now are responsible for. Like, tell us a little more about that. Like the property, the property, and also like what 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 that is like stepping into your dream. <laughs> you know, like that you've been thinking about. Uh, so I think uh, for me, the big step was um, we have a gentleman who uh, used to take care of the barn um, and then uh, he stayed with us. So he knows the property really well. And then he stayed with me as a team. And that for me, make a big, uh, a big change to really create a team around this property uh, to create something where we work together. So we have the stable manager who helped me to know all the property, to know all the Massachusetts word, because you may hear with my accent, I'm, I come from France. So it's another, another country. So another adventure. And, um, with my husband who, um, who is not really used to live in the middle of a country. It was, um, it was really great to, uh, to have this value to all this property for sure. Yeah, and are are you a lifelong horse lover? Because I I would imagine that you don't buy an eighty acre horse farm unless you love horses. <laughs> That's pretty true. <laughs> uh, so my parents wasn't horse lover. Uh, that was like animal lover, and then they was just um, make uh, my sisters and me to just um, 
try new things. And then uh, I started to ride ponies because one of my sister really loved horses. And um, and first I really, really didn't like it. I was falling off all the time and it was just go on the horse and ride the horse like a motorbike. And uh, I didn't enjoy it. Uh, but anyway, my other sister kept going and I enjoyed to take care of her horse. And at some point, my, my parents just... Um, find a way to just buy a horse for my sister and then anyway short story she just uh, leave the house and then leaves his horse and um, he became my best friend pretty much so my passion became a uh, begin when uh, I knew this horse and I start to um, to have him as a best friend and learn his uh, body language uh, learn his energy and then learn about relationship pretty much with him. And my passion starts at this point. So I start when I was 15 years old, and then I start to learn horseback riding, horsemanship training, and all of that. And since this age, I travel a bit everywhere in the world with horses and keep uh, fill up my knowledge uh, with these beautiful horses being. I love that. Uh, Brent, are you somebody who's had experience with horses all of your life? Like, t- talk to us about your relationship to horses. I'm curious um, about no, this. No, I, I haven't. Um, I mean, I've, you know, I've kind of been, <clears throat> you know, go on vacation, you know, go on a horseback ride here or there, you know, sixth grade camp or something. Um, when I, you know, when I met her um, or after I met her and I went to visit her in France, um, you know, she took me on a couple of horseback rides here and there. Um, but it's very limited. Um, I have spent a little bit more time since we've been here with the horses. Um, and, and I see a value in that. Like we, we have our own pony, uh, Yoda that we got a couple of months ago. And, um, I started to make it kind of a routine where I would get out in the morning and spend about 10 minutes with them. Um, you know, just to kind of get into that energetic field, you know, or, or however you want to describe it. Um, I have a long way to go. You know, I'm no, I'm no, I'm not, I'm not the horse person in this equation clearly. Um, but I, I do see the great power, um, you know, from connecting with the, you know, the animals. So I can only do so many things right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we've, we've talked about this before. Um, I've had very limited interaction with horses and I don't understand them. Like they like the size of them kind of scares me and I don't know how to, I don't know how to interpret what they're trying to tell me with their body language. Right. And, and, and Claire, I'm really curious as you, what was that like developing a bond with, with a horse? Is that something you had to learn? Like, okay, when the horse lifts its leg, it's mad or when it's swishing it, you know, like when a cat swishes its tail, it's angry. Like, how do you, what is that like, like learning to understand horse, like body language and build a relationship with that animal? Um, well, so I learned, first I learned with be a bit scared from them because as you say, it is a big animals and they have a lot of intention and they're pretty direct. So when some things they dislike, uh, they really will tell you. They can kick, they can bite. Uh, it's one of uh, dangerous sports. Um, so I start um, to fall off quite a bit and break a few bones there and there. And um, one day I was just in this really classic uh, way of riding horses. 
and I started to meet uh, someone who uh, who do really horsemanship, and she she's my mentor. She's from France, and then she started to guide me through the base um, of the communication, through the intention of the animals, how they can um, get really soft signal before to get bigger. Which actually is every being. When you are kids, at the beginning, you don't have any language to talk to your mom. You don't right. talk word. And then you start to talk uh, with crying or with your intention of having food. Um, so anyway, they talk this way. And then um, my mentor from France um, start to teach me. And from this base, I just start to travel in a different uh, people in Australia or Spain or Czech Republic who has a big knowledge um, about liberty and groundwork. And I just keep observing and learning from them. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's on my bucket list to try to spend more time with a with, horse. With, with a horse, and like, <laughs> I don't see that ever. <laughs> happening well, <laughs> sorry it's a, <laughs> I, it's a mystery to me i understand and they're beautiful animals this is going to sound stupid we've been watching um this show yellowstone um which is um brent i think it takes place in utah well, or montana, montana. well montana. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah sorry montana yeah, yeah. yeah i got the yeah. location wrong but um lots of horses and it's like these entire cultures revolve around horses out there. And it's like, everyone has a horse, like, and it's just like natural for people. Um, it is an unnatural thing for you. Well, what I'm saying is maybe there's, maybe I could learn something from this, <laughs> well, right? Well, I mean, Claire, is that what you do? Uh, is that what your intention is with this horse, um, horse farm? Like, are you going to be, uh, do you do boarding? Like, what do you do with the horses? Are you training? Are you teaching? Are you? So we have a boarding facility. So I have mm -hmm. like a people as they own horse and they board here. Okay. Uh, I have some horse in training. Um, so mostly some horse, uh, challenging horse who have some trauma and misunderstanding uh, with the people. So I make them to be trust again, uh, human being and then vice versa. And then I have um, the pony who Brian just mentioned um, because I want to create a horse program uh, for kids and then for adults because what I really wish it's people who know nothing about horses um, like like you, like my husband, to just uh, make them to discover what is this word because horses can be such a good teacher. Mm. They are really mirroring our energy, our emotion in the present moment. And that can be really powerful to learn about yourself, to be really a self-discovering from people who are not writer. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's and that's one of the things I've heard about horses. They absolutely will pick up off of your energy. I mean, I guess, I mean, I've heard the same thing about dogs too, but uh, mm -hmm. don't, don't be surprised if I find my way over there at some point and, and are you know, taking some classes on, on basic horse things. Cause I want to learn. I want to see this happen. <laughs> we can do a, a <laughs> challenge video. gauntlet thrown. We can, we can get you penciled in. We can get you yeah. penciled in. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, so we have like the basic, like, um, Horsemanship, horse boarding, um, other other things that you mentioned, Claire, going on at uh, Liberty Woods. Um, uh, Claire and Brent, you also 
offer yoga classes there. Now I've seen I've seen these posted online. Do you want to tell us a little bit about um, the yoga program that you're offering there? Yeah, right now we offer uh, free community yoga on Tuesdays and Thursdays at six o'clock. Uh, it's all levels. It's uh, generally considered a vinyasa mm-hmm. uh, yoga. And, what does that mean, uh, vinyasa yoga? It's, like, um, it's where you link your breath to movement. So okay. you know, like inhale up dog, ex- you know, exhale downward facing dog. Probably if you haven't done much yoga. You probably at least heard those more than likely. Um, so you're just you're synchronizing breath to movement and cueing it as such. Gen- generally tends to be you know slightly more vigorous than some styles of yoga, um, and we uh, yeah we just we just thought it would be a great way to introduce introduce ourselves to the community. We we both worked for a studio in Salt Lake City where they did a lot of community yoga. Um, sometimes getting you know four or five hundred people you know out in front of like the Utah State Capitol mm-hmm. uh, doing yoga, and I always thought it was amazing energy. And I thought it was a great way to, you know, to bring people out to our property and show them kind of what we got going on. And um, if they wanted to take, you know, advantage of other things, they certainly could. If they just want to come for yoga, then then great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's I think everybody everybody needs yoga. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Um, it never occurred to me that that I I mean I guess I know it intuitively intuitively because I've gone to concerts and stuff and you have a lot of people together, right? And there's the energy of the people together at a concert, you know, vibing to the music. But, um, but I guess it makes sense to me to hear you talk about it, that having 500 people together doing yoga also produces some kind of like collective, um, That's a lot of people energy. doing yoga. Yeah. And are there benefits of doing yoga in a group setting like that versus an individual approach? Like I know both are probably good and have their uses, but I'm curious if doing group yoga um once in a while or most of the while has particular benefits for people that's a good question what do you think about that claire um well for me with the horses i do some yoga i really link the yoga with the horses as an individual um so i really help the person to be aware of their own body and own energy and I feel like when um, they are individual, they are maybe a bit less extravagant to discover uh, where they are. Then when you're in a group, um, you just gaze around or you just do your own things. When you're in a group, it's more you are more lifting by what is around you than when you're on your own. You just really have to keep the energy from your teacher or from your own self. But that's my own opinion. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'd probably agree with that in the sense that, yeah, if you're in a group of 500 people, I mean, it obviously depends on the person. Um, if you're doing a group of like three people, you might, you may or may not be, you know, more inclined to just let go and be in the flow. If you're with 500 people, you know, like you're, you're in the sea, I guess. I don't know. I mean, obviously some people are going to see it differently. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I teach at a way higher level, like the more people I teach, um, you know, kind of, yeah, energetically, it, it, it makes a big difference for me. I'm not, I, I mean, I can teach one per, I've definitely taught, you know, individuals. Um, it's not my preference, but I, I certainly do it. Um, just, I don't know. It's easier to elevate the collective energy when you have a, a big group of people together. But I, so know, there's something, there's, there's something there as a teacher you feel you can tune into and maybe, um, yeah. 
amplify in a way or something. I think when you're a participant in group exercise, no matter what exercise you're doing, that it helps, uh, number one, with accountability and it helps to challenge you and push yourself, right? Like it's very easy when you're exercising on your own to get distracted by like a text or, you know, like, oh, the music is not so good or, you know, whatever. But when you're all doing the same thing together, it helps just to, you know, motivate you a little bit more and challenge yourself. Like if you see somebody across the way doing a downward dog or, you know, a pose and they're, you know, you know, straighter than you or whatever. It's something to kind of strive for, I would say. I don't know. Interesting. I want no accountability. Yeah, you don't like so this is going to be an issue for me. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I may not, not a fan of group exercise. I may not be doing yoga in a group. Um, um, so tell us a little bit more about this. Now, I've, I've seen that it's free or donation-based, um, mm-hmm. some some of these classes. Um, how, did, how did you come up with that idea? Because that's... That, that's a really interesting um, idea and one that I like and find ver- to be very altruistic. Um, I, again, just because we, we taught at Salt Lake Power Yoga uh, and they had, um, you know, they had the, the donation-based classes. Sorry. Uh, they had the, not donation-based, the, sorry, <laughs> the uh, free community classes. And we just kind of mirrored that. Um, though, you know, we... <laughs> we're, you know, we have bills to pay. So if people feel like they have a great time and they want to donate, then, then awesome. You know, um, you know, we put a little bit of uh, expense into some of the things we do in terms of, you know, getting like the little, um, poles out there with the, uh, citronella candles and, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. You know, we, we put a l- little bit of expense into it, but it, it's not, it's not, you know, huge burden. Um, but yeah, we, we got bills to pay. So if people want to donate, cool. If they, if they can't afford it, we just want people to do yoga. We feel yeah. like more people in the world would benefit from, you know, the power of yoga. So mm. however they get here, free donation-based, whatever, cool. Just, just get to the mat. Yeah, and I know both of you by reading about you and investigating you um, <laughs> over the last couple of weeks are very into yoga and have for many, many years been practitioners and teachers of yoga. I want to I just like spend a little time, and you met because of yoga, right? In India. Um, And I want to understand how each of you wound up in India because of yoga and met each other, which led to this Liberty Farms that we're talking about. So Claire, I mean, you can tell me in as much detail or as little detail as you want about your journey with yoga and how it led you to India, um, where you met um brent okay uh so yoga i start yoga in australia so just uh when i start to travel um and the reason i start yoga is because i was riding a lot of horses and i start to i start to be really stiff uh with my body and uh, it's one of the sports we don't really do any stretch or anything. We just jump on the horse, talk a lot about the horse, and that's it. So I started my journey with yoga uh, in Australia, and I, it really helped me to uh, get uh, more supple, but more strong, more balanced. And it actually as well helped me to be more calm with my mind, more grounded, more centered, which is... Uh, what I was looking for with horses and in life in general, it was really a, a guideline for me as well. 
Do you feel um, the, if I can inter- interrupt real quick, do you feel the yeah. yoga at that point like helped you be a better um, uh, a horseman? Like, did that help you with your horse riding and horse handling abilities and all of that? Um, because it brought you that calmness? Yeah. Um, with my job and in personal way as well. Like yeah. yoga really helped me to have come kind of like some self-care um, to to add more value to my job and in personal way. And it was like taking an hour of my time. And it was just once a week at the beginning to just pause and do something for me and not just go, 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 do, 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 and keep going with whatever. Okay. So, um, so where did you go from Australia and where did, where did yoga take you from there? Uh, so from there, I, I come back to France for my family and I start my own business, uh, in France and uh, for me, it was that to be really logic to add yoga to the horse program. But I didn't have, I just have some personal yoga practice. And I started to be really, I went through really a hard time, like personally with my family um, and some type of burnout. Um, and I was like, well, I need to just uh, get my a journey with, with yoga and really something for myself. And um, it was really in a winter, so low season for any type of activity with horses. So I decided to just go one month in India to really reset pretty much, to just go one month full on yoga and just discovering what was uh, for me over there. Where uh, where in India were you? We was uh, in Rishikesh. So Rishikesh is really close to the Himalaya. Um, the Himalayas, the yep. Himalayas, like Nepal. Yeah. Like really northern India. Okay. Often often considered the yoga capital of the world, if you look it up. Okay, so that that's a, that's a um that is a popular place for people to go and practice and learn yoga. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, that was actually uh, an international festival yoga uh, in March at this place because it's really famous in the world for sure. yoga. Now you're in you're in India. You're 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 doing the yoga stuff. Um, you know, to to take a br- to take a break and maybe recover from some of that burnout you were experiencing experiencing back in France. Walk us up to the moment you you saw Brent or you remember <laughs> seeing Brent. And then stop there cuz then I'm going to ask Brent to tell us his journey. That would be interesting. Um, so first time I met Brent, uh, it it was a lot of way more women than men uh, around Rishikesh for yoga. And uh, it was really extravagant like he really you i mean you'll probably see like with his high-fiving he has a personality you you can't miss him like when you cross his way you you see him he's not someone who you know can hide and um i had a few friends in my uh ashram in my school who kind of gaze on him and start to be like oh he's a good looking guy over there (laughs) So anyway, um, okay. that, that's how that starts. Um, you know, first time I kind of like recognize who he was, I should say. It. Mm. Okay. All right. Okay. Thanks. Let's pause there. And Brent, I do want yeah. to mention, um, this is a good spot since Claire brought it up. Um, you know, in our, in our, in our little piece of the world here, 
um, you've started to become known as Brent the High Five Guy. Um, There's been some news articles, some television spots. Tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about about that um, and what what that means and how how you became the high five guy here in our little town and maybe even beyond. Um, Well, yeah, if if uh, you went back far enough, no, it's great. You you went back pretty far. It sounds like Um, I uh, about seven years ago. I went for a run in Salt Lake city. I, I stopped to get my oil changed. Um, and I was like, Oh, I got some time. I was kind of a workout fanatic and I laid off a little bit. I mean, I still work out, obviously I run and into yoga, but, uh, I, you know, it's like, I'm just gonna go for a run. So I went for like a three mile run while my, my oil was getting changed. And on the way back, um, I, for whatever reason, it was just super like spontaneous. I just started high-fiving people, you know, it was like maybe 10 people. It was like, you know, it was, on this, not, not the best part of town, you know, where this car dealership was and, um, in Salt Lake. And, uh, but I just was like, oh yeah, that, that kind of lit me up a little bit. And it, and it seemed to light up a few of the people that I high fived, you know, there was a, a couple of people who were like, yeah, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. which is par for the course. And, um, I was like, that's cool. And then yeah. I like, uh, a week later, I went for a run a little closer to my house at a park right by my house at the time. And I remembered, that sensation and and you know and so i just i get started high-fiving people again and it was like two loops around so you know i was going opposite a few people and so i high-five them you know two or three times four times whatever and um you know again most people were pretty responsive and i was like all right this this is kind of cool i don't know why and uh and then i was like all right i'm gonna take it to the big stage in my mind in salt lake city is liberty park and, um, it's, it's a really big park, uh, for Salt Lake, probably the second biggest park. And they have a, a road, it's like a mile and a half around like a loop. And then there's like, uh, a big, uh, sidewalk that's attached to the road, then an inner sidewalk and an outer dirt ring. And all the traffic goes one way, pretty much. I decided to run the other way <laughs> so I could get maximum high fives <laughs> and, um, I would zigzag between all of the different paths. I never ran, I didn't run in a straight line. Typically, I would just go to you wherever you were. And again, most people seemed pretty positive. So I just kept doing it and eventually got shirts. And, you know, I mean, I did it for about six and a half years in Salt Lake before I came here and oh, wow. probably high five thousands of people and ran hundreds and hundreds of miles in, you know, in Liberty Park. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's going to so. it's going to sound corny, but I, I mean, I think that responds to some sort of like desire we have to feel connected to the people that we're walking around in, in the world with. Right. Like, you know, we're, we're all in the same park, mm-hmm. you know, we're all human beings here on this planet. And, you know, if you're, you know, sometimes you need to, you know, sometimes people need a little spark to like yeah. connect with others. And I think, I think that's what you're doing there is like, yeah. is, is helping, helping spark that desire, that basic desire people have to like connect with each other. Right. And feel connected to other people. I don't know. That's how well, I, that's how I kind of see it from the outside. I think it's funny. Like, so, you know, like we walk around town a lot and, you know, like if we ever walk on the bike path or whatever, and when you cross, a, come across somebody coming the other way, usually 
it's like courtesy, you like smile and, you know, say hi and, you know, but like, you don't know these people. So it's, it's not uh, giving out high fives, but it's that same level of like, you know, a nod, an acknowledgement that the other person exists, right? Like you're walking past them, you should acknowledge that they exist, right? And I think it's even more than that, right? In a sense, because you're reaching out to them, right? There's, there's more than just the words. There's the, the, the physical outreach, like in, in a, in a, in a nice way. And like you said, it's consensual. You don't force these high fives upon people, you know? Um, but I, and I, and I think just that touch, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is just that, that like little extra spark of humanity that people find so invigorating because it, it is, ex- you know, it is exciting to be like, well, this person, you know, you know what I mean? Like they see me, they, they're giving me something of them. I don't know. Maybe I'm overblowing this stomping Jen, but my, I, I do think it's a wonderful thing. So I'm going to give this to you. I'm going <laughs> to... We we, we, we we hand these out rarely on the podcast. Oh. So And you have shirts that say free high five on yeah. them. Yeah, yep. you got it. How many shirts? Do you have like a closet full of these shirts? Um, I I got like six. Yeah. I got three okay. that are sleeveless for yeah. running. And then I just got three more like that are just generic ones. Nice. The, the, the old, the ones that I run with around town, say Liberty Park, have Liberty Park, high five guy. Yeah. And I've obviously renamed myself. I yeah. guess still Liberty Woods high five guy. I just haven't made new shirts yet, but apparently I need to get on the, on the <laughs> okay. game. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I want to say, you know, please keep it up. Um, and um, I love that you've been noticed and recognized for this. And if people want to experience uh, some of that, you know, some of that, positive energy they can do that by going to the classes at liberty woods because brent i'm i'm sure you're involved with uh teaching them in some capacity right yeah 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 i I teach on tuesdays and she she teaches on thursdays typically right so we take turns yeah and i'm and i'm gonna say it um right now um people you can find the links to um all of the stuff that um claire and brent are doing at liberty woods um uh, on in our show notes okay so if you're listening to this you know where our show notes are go there click on the links check out the stuff and i'm also going to say um if you go to these classes um you know throw, throw a few a throw money. a few bucks in the jar or if it's by venmo or whatever it is please do that because i i do think this is really great work um that claire and brent are doing so all right brent i want to go now um I want you to take training. us take us back to how you got into yoga and fitness and how you entered this world and tell us how it led you to India and same question tell us the moment you remember recognizing um, Claire here. Okay, fair enough. Um, so I have been I was really kind of a, a workout I don't say junkie um, but pretty into it in my mid twenties. Um, and you know, everything from like mountain biking rate, mountain bike racing, I did some small triathlons for a while. Um, eventually that transitioned to CrossFit probably 2011 ish. And that, as you might know, can be super hard on your body. It's kind of known for breaking people's bodies. Um, a lot of times, not always, but it, it can be pretty tough. And, um, I just decided that I needed to do something to kind of counteract that a bit other than just stopping. Of course, why would I do that? Mm -hmm. Um, 
so I started doing yoga here and there. And, um, in 2013, I went on vacation, uh, and I did a couple of yoga classes cause it was really inconsistent. It was like one, once a month, twice a month, once every other month. And, um, but I went twice on vacation. I was like, Hmm, yeah, there's something in this for me. And then I came back and then I like went two times after I got back from vacation, three, four, a couple months went by and I was going, you know, four or five times a, a, a month. And, and then I went to a class in 2014. So just like, it was like three months later in like December. And I had already read like an article, like how I quit my job at 40 and became a yoga instructor. And I was, I don't know, 42, 43 at the time. And, um, you know, and I always wanted to be a fitness instructor. I've worked for Costco wholesale for almost my entire life, 35 years now. Um, and I was just, I always wanted to do something different. I just couldn't figure it out. So anyway, I go to this class, this woman, uh, Denise Drews, who's like this amazing light in the world and, uh, the woman who married us also. And she, she was like, what is your 10 year plan? What are you doing today to make that a reality? And that was kind of her theme for the class. And so by the end of class, like, it was just like, you know, she obviously expanded on that whole topic. And it was just like, how do I become a yoga instructor, Denise? Before my head explodes, just tell me. And she's like, it's easy, Brent. Just come to my class at the University of Utah. It starts in like three weeks, um, 2000, January 2014. And so I did. I signed up for it, you know, made some arrangements with work and started uh, my first teacher training in 2014. And I was teaching within like, within like a month, I was practice teaching at my CrossFit and then Within a couple of months, I was teaching like three days, a, three days a week. And, you know, within a year or whatever it was, I was teaching like six classes a week and I just fell in love with it. I love teaching. I love, you know, um, just sharing it with people. It and yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Um, and so, um, that was in 2000, yeah, 2014. So 2016 rolls around. I, I wanted to teach at Salt Lake Power Yoga uh, hot is hot power yoga. So it's even more physical than what we teach. And I, I, I did the training there and, um, started teaching there in 2016. And then a couple of, I don't know, maybe it was 2000, must've been 2017. This woman, that's the head of the program there. Um, Misty, she, she said, Oh yeah, I'm going on this big journey and I'm going to go to, you know, Asia and I'm going to go to India and all these places, you know, for like six months or whatever. And I was like, what, what are you doing in India? And she's like, I'm going to go to this meditation school. And, and I was like, what, tell me more about that. And she told me, and I was like, that sounds amazing. I, you know, that, that sounds like the next piece of my, my, my journey, you know, cause I knew there was something in that. And, uh, so I didn't even research any other schools. I just went and I looked it up. Okay. That looks good. Yeah. Misty, I trust Misty. She's done it, the research. <laughs> <laughs> so then I arranged it with work. I got five weeks off and I went to India in March of 2018 for meditation teacher training. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, so we're, our schools were about a hundred yards apart, give or take. I could literally see her school at my back door and, um, hers was just a little bit up the hill. And so they would walk by our school every day. 
and apparently that's our friends, you know, saw me <laughs> they, or whatever. They saw you <laughs> and they giggled. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah, so the story goes. And um, but I get she came over with one of her friends to get an Ayurvedic, like an Indian um, medicine massage, because we had other services at our school. Mm-hmm. And when she was done, she was waiting for a friend, and they're just like, Well, you can go in the kitchen and have dinner. And I was in there having dinner with my fellow students and just over here in my own business. And then she came in and sat down right next to me, kind of like right now. And I just turned and was like, bonjour. Okay, I didn't say that. That's a lie. lie. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't that cool. I just said hello. And we started talking. And that was the beginning of my great French love affair in India. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we uh yeah, we Did you start da- did you start dating and like become a couple when you were in India or I mean did you go your separate ways and then reconnect later? Um what? no, we we were we were romantically involved. We were there about 13 more days, I think, almost 2 weeks, you know, left in our trip and uh, we we definitely became romantically involved. It was definitely yeah, <laughs> my great French love affair in India. Yeah. Nice. I don't know how she refers to it, but well, I have to talk uh, kind of like the beginning, kind of funny things <laughs> because uh, so I sit next to him, and uh, for me, I was, uh, I mean, he was a good-looking person, and uh, he was a forty. How old are you? What's his name? Forties. And uh, my friend was really trying to date him, and he didn't give any answer he didn't really engage with <laughs> anyone and he wasn't married he was no no kids whatsoever so for me i was just like oh cool that can be a good friend i'm safe he's probably pre- probably prefer the you know the man he's probably gay so cool but <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out in the soft the w- serve podcast I mean, the- <laughs> The, the world is full of possibilities. Here we go. Wherever we go, there are lo- always possibilities. I love it. So, but you found your way through that. So, when you left, when you left India, I, I would imagine you went your separate ways, right? Brent, did you go? Yeah. You went back to Utah. Claire, you went back to France. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. how did we end up at Liberty Woods here? <laughs> like up in Belcher How? I mean, something ha- something happened uh, in between this leaving. India and landing in Belchertown. Yeah. So tell us about that. There was about 10 trips back and forth between the United States and Europe. I went to two months later, I flew to France okay. um, in July of, uh, no, May, uh, May, May, because it was March, May. Mm-hmm. Um, I went there for like six days. And uh, that's, that's where I think we like really fell in love. And, and, uh, she whispered in my ear as I was leaving, uh, France and I was like, what, what did you say? What part <laughs> of, what part of France, what part of France? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I cut that off. Cut off the best um, part of that story right there. <laughs> um, say it again for us, please. I, she whispered in my ear when she was dropping me off at the airport in Paris. And I was like, what did you say? And she's like, I love you with a much better accent than that, but. Yeah, I'm getting my my skin kidding. is my skin is tingling. Aww. I love this. What part of France did you live in, Claire? 
Uh, well, so my family was close to Bordeaux or Pau, which is like a southwest of France. My dad lived close to Spain, like an hour from Spain. So, okay. yeah, right in that area. Okay, all right. And at some point, I'm, I'm, I'm I would imagine you two decided, well, this is serious. We want to be together. We want to maybe even do this yoga together. Like, how did that happen? So pretty much uh, at this point, I I start to work in Czech Republic to another person, and um, I want to improve a bit more my yoga style. And uh, America is a really uh, powerful um, country to learn yoga, and the power Floy was talking at some point, a harder way we don't really have in Europe. Um, so I invite to just be like, Hey, I can come for three months, do the training and see what's happened because, you know, relationship in holiday, it's not the same than in daily routine. So I came over in Salt Lake city for three months. I did the training and the training in yoga, it's a Baptist flow it, and it's a be a yes in your life. And um, we get engaged at the end of the three months. So that was a big yes, right? Yeah, that was in 2019. Nice. So, yeah, we'd gone. I went to France twice in, in 2018. And then she came to the United States for a month in that the fall. Oh, I went to France for New Year's in 2019. And, yeah, she came here for three months in, in, in the beginning of 2019. We got engaged. Nice. Yeah. I love it. And then, Yeah. And then, yeah, she did that training at my studio. So we have the same training from there. And then we kept going back and forth. Like I went, she came here. We actually came here that same year uh, in the fall, I think 2019. We were thinking about buying a house in Belchertown at the time because um, my dad was here and my brother's yep. here. Mm-hmm. And um, that was one of the trips and went to Guadalupe Island and all these places. And then... Um, yeah, because between being engaged and the time I, I really arrived in America, we went through the fiancé visa, which mm-hmm. take a bit longer. We went through the legal way, I should say. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. Two years apart. Yeah. Going back and forth. Yeah. yeah. Ten trips. That's hard. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah, yeah long distance relationship is challenging. Yeah. Brent, how, did, just- how did your family end up in Belchtown? Cause are you from Salt Lake city or no, 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 I'm from, I'm from Michigan and I've lived Michigan, South Carolina, Florida, Massachusetts, Vermont, and then Salt Lake, um, for 22 years. My dad, um, he actually came out to Salt Lake for about six months, I think 13 years ago when his, uh, marriage, uh, ended. And, um, but then he had, um, a girlfriend that lived out here in in Belchertown, um, She's a psychologist in town. Mm. Um, and um, he moved out here. And I was kind of bummed because he, he just moved to Salt Lake six months early. I was like, mm. cool, I get to live by my dad. And um, and then my other brother, uh, one of my other brothers, Ian, he moved out here, I don't know, a couple of years later, however many years, I can't remember. Yeah. And so then I followed. So two out of the three brothers are here with yeah. dad. So, so yeah. It's so fascinating how people find their way here. Yeah. And that whole, that whole link, like I, we didn't really finish telling that story when, uh, he sent us the link and we went back and forth on this, like, it's a nightmare. No, we should go. And I was like, this is the universe telling us like, yeah, yeah. we, we want to be by family. We want to have a place we can do yoga retreats and do all these things that we want to do. 
to me, it was like the universe was just like, here, yeah. here's right. your, you know, put up or shut up. Yeah. Like, here you go. It's 10 minutes from your parent, you know, your dad's and, and, uh, and, and we've got this 20 stall horse barn and, you know, there was a, there's a one bedroom suite attached to the house that we turned into Airbnb. And it was nice. just like, yeah, let's, let's do this. You know, That's great. we have this opportunity, you know, you can yeah. always sell it. <laughs> yeah. How, mu- how much of the property is um is wooded? Is it or is it uh, mostly fields? Like how? Like what's the percentage? Oh, what do you think? Oh, it's mostly wood. Yeah. Like three quarters wood. Yeah, we just have a meadow and with like the stable and opening pasture, but it's mostly wood. Maybe sixty-five acres. I don't know. We have ten acres. You think that are not wooded? Probably. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I don't know the exact number, but it's mostly wooded. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have like trails back there and like? Yeah. Any aquatic yeah. uh, features, <laughs> water features, <laughs> like a lake or a pond. <laughs> well, um, there's a little bit of us like wetlands at one corner. Yeah, um, there was a there's a brook that goes alongside, like cuts underneath our driveway. Yeah, um, it used to be called Brookside Farms okay. for that reason, uh, but uh, we renamed it. So nice. Yeah. That's so fascinating. What's it like? Um, I mean, I want to just mention your Airbnb on there and anyone can come and stay there um, through the Airbnb site and you all are super hosts on there. So you're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah. So what? what's that like? Um, I've never talked to somebody who actually Airbnb'd their property. Like... Um, I feel, but I feel like this fits into your ethos a little bit of like welcoming people and, you know, like into your, you know, you're bringing people to your farm anyways to do this yoga and Claire for your um, horse related businesses. And um, this feels like a natural extension to me to have a space where people can come and stay and maybe find a little bit of peace and quiet and, you know, talk to us about making that decision. Like, okay, we want to take this little bit you know, and have people come and stay here with us? Um, I, you know, I think it was, we were kind of on the fence, honestly, about hmm. we could, we could, well, we could rent it out like just as a regular long-term rental, you know, yeah, um, to, to someone, you know, month to month or whatever. And we, cause we've all, we've had roommates quite honestly. Um, like when we were in Salt Lake, we had a, we had two roommates, you know, just, just to save on cash, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, this is a big property. Yeah. <laughs> it's not inexpensive. And, uh, <clears throat> so, you know, we're like, well, we're going to, we're going to do something, you know, we're going to rent it out, uh, one way or another. And, and then I just heard a lot of good things about Airbnb and, you know, figured that that would be a great way to, to, you know, obviously make uh, a certain amount of money, but, you know, more importantly, give people the opportunity to yeah, come here and stay and experience the horses. I mean, they're like literally right out both sides. Like we have a horse uh, pasture in the front yard, um, you know, that there's three to five horses in, you know, uh, a lot of the time. And then there's, we built nine horse paddocks in the, in the backyard. So you can look out either, you know, either direction. And often there's, there's horses right out there and, mm. It's quite an experience, I would imagine, for people. At least what they've told us, the feedback we've gotten so far. Yeah. Um, you know, and we've we've had a few of the people come to our yoga class. You know, that have come on the right days. Um, we've had some people interested in the horsemanship stuff. Um, you know, it's it's not as it's not every time, but yeah. uh, 
I don't know. Yeah, you've you've given some tours and stuff of the barn, right? Yeah, I think people are mostly really friendly, and it's uh, it's just uh, I don't know such a great energy to welcome some people who just come to see family or in holidays. Just not the same vibe than when you rent to someone and stay all all the time. They just get curious and really most of the time really involved to discover around. So it's a uh, it's a nice vibe to have yeah. to the property for sure. Is that? Yeah, I think. It's- Oh, oh! I was just going to ask, like, is it, is it, what was like the kind of people that are renting? Like, yeah, you mentioned like people who are coming to see their family or whatever, whatnot. Like, are are people coming as a tourist destination to Western Massachusetts? I, I think a couple have, you know, like I yeah. know we had a guy come out um, with his girlfriend for like his birthday. Yeah. Um, but we've had a lot of people like the people that are here right now, I, I think, um, their mom is like in Granby and they just don't have any, they don't have enough room. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, house. the mom doesn't have, a, you know, it's got a tiny little house or whatever. We've had people come for weddings. We've had people come for graduations. Mm-hmm. I mean, mostly, you know, they're coming, seems like for some kind of event. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or family that just doesn't have room or maybe they don't want to stay with them. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And it's cool because cool everybody just has a cool story. You know, yeah. I mean, if, if you get to, we've met some super nice people, you know, we don't yeah. meet everybody every time. There's a couple of times where people just kind of snuck in and snuck out, but yeah. most people we've spent a little yeah. bit of time, you know, you know, it's just kind of cool. Yeah. We once stayed at a horse B and B up in New Hampshire. Yeah. I up in, uh, I forget which side of the white mountains it was on, but yeah. that was, it was like, it was like a charming experience. Like you said, like, you know, you walk outside of the building, there are the horses. You can go pet them. And at the time, you know, we our daughter did like a series they of both le- did. a series of lessons. Yeah, they yeah. both did. Yeah. yeah. Um but our daughter was like super into horses at that point. And so that's why we had stayed there. But yeah. it was such a fun, charming experience. So like um people, if you're listening to this, you know, you want to get away for a weekend writers retreat, you know, and we know some creatives who listen to this, you know, you just wanna get away from uh the house for a for a week or a month do some yoga and look at some horses (laughs) yeah you know check check it out um again um it looks like a great little space um claire and brent are highly rated hosts so check that out um and and you can (laughs) experience the whole of what's happening at liberty woods if you Mm -hmm. if you check that out so all right um Brent, I also wanted to touch on you. I mean, you offer like personal fitness coaching and life coaching too. This is something you, a space you're yeah, in. I, I'm a certified uh, professional coach through the Institute of um, IPEC, the Institute of Professional Excellence in Coaching. Uh, I, uh, I'm just in the kind of like of all the things that we're doing. That's probably the one that's you know in the most you know the earliest stages okay. of development. Um, definitely an opportunity there, but, uh, yeah, it's basically coaching people to, you know, help them achieve whatever, uh, goals they want to achieve and and just figuring out what's holding them back. And it also actually has to do with energy. Um, you know, like your energetic, uh, like the energetic space that you're in, in any given moment. And that kind of determines whether you're taking action or not and just, um, helping people work through that so they can remove the blocks that are holding them back from achieving whatever goals they want. So, yeah. I love it. Um, and so just to, 
I want to I want to just touch again before we we transition into our last couple of questions for your for uh, for our listeners. Um, the kind of stuff that we're offering related to horses on the farm here. Um, I'm on the website here. Um, it's clearlydifferently.com. Again, I'll have the link in the show notes. You can go check this out. Um, but um, they're private horse classes. Okay, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna I'm not going to promise, okay? But I'm going to think about it. <laughs> um, I, again, I am I am interested, Claire. I I really am interested in trying to understand horses better. So, um, these private classes might help me. Uh, Stomping Jen, that might be a good present for me because I won't do it on my own. Okay. All right. Um, there's uh, so workshops um, that you do. Uh, Horse training, right? You you offer some of that at the farm or at Liberty Woods. Um, we talked about yoga classes, um, kids classes, right? Kids can yep. kids can learn how to interact with these horses and um, start them early, right? I mean, yeah. So I start at four years old, and uh, four years old is usually I really focus more on uh, how. Um, to take care of the pony, how to groom him, how the pony will express itself because a pony can be in a good mood or in a bad mood. And really, it's not just about brushing and put the kids on the pony and then just do some pony turning around. Uh, I really... I really introduce the kids to the pony and really a relationship with a, with a pony and how to use his body language and energy with, with them. Yeah. And you say in the description, it's, it's, it's about finding trust and respect. And yeah. um, I mean, with such a majestic animal with so much power, that's got to be important for kids to learn, I think. Um, Completely, yeah. Yep. And then the first few rides, I actually make them to do a lot of groundwork and then to ride them bareback or to make them to really just lying down on the back of the pony and just mm. um, just close their eyes and just uh, take a breath and just sleep on the pony. And when you really make the kids to uh Really lying down on the back on the croup of the pony, there are a lot of trust giving between each other, between the pony, between um, the kids, and between me, the teacher, and that's where really starts the great um, energy around the horses. I love that, and you oh, do this for adults too. I, mean, I was going to say, adults yeah. can do this. You're going to go lay on a yeah. pony. I'd be afraid yeah. to, but I'll try it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he's a great you, guy. He's a great guy. If you're there to hold my hand, Jen. No, Claire's gonna hold your hand. All right. Well, <laughs> I'll try it. I'll try it. All right. Oh, and, and we talked like about this. <laughs> we talked about this. Um, a retreat too. You can do a retreat here at the um at Liberty Woods too. So, um, two days to four days. So, anyways, if you're interested in this, you know, contact um. Claire and Brent about about all of this interesting stuff. So, um, I think this is amazing what you're um, what you've built at Liberty Woods, what you're building there, and I love that this is happening in my hometown. I've got yeah. to admit it, um, yeah. Belchertown, Massachusetts. Um, so this is exciting. Um, 
So anything else you want to say, um, Claire and Brent, about Liberty Woods and what's happening there before we move into our last couple of questions and we say goodbye? I, I just, you know, the invitation is open for, for people to come, come check out what we're doing. You know, um, obviously with the yoga every week, if, if anybody's interested in obviously horsemanship, uh, or, or life coaching, you know, if you want to make a change in your life, um, we've, we've probably got a modality that can help you. Uh, yeah, I, you know, we're, we're just, we're, I like to think of us you know, as myself and I can't speak for Claire, but as like positive agents for change in the world. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that? What is your, what's your take on it? Yeah, I think I, yeah, I think I agree with what you said. And uh, we, we done all of that for ourselves, and we will really step into our dreams. And we just want to invite every people to do the same for their own life. Step in your dream and uh, share what you want to share in your hearts. I love it. That sounds um, nice. Thank you too. And thank you for, thank you for the work you're doing in trying to be, um, positive change agents. You yes, know, that's, absolutely. we we need more, we need absolutely. more of that out there. I, I really yeah. think that. So thank you. Um, all right. Our last couple of questions, they're not going to be related to Liberty Woods. So, um, what do you, okay. And I want to say this, your answer cannot be related to yoga, horses, um high-fiving people high-fiving people brent <laughs> that's all we cannot answer uh what do you like what do you like to do for fun that's not related to the, um all of the stuff we've talked about now um what do you what bring what else brings you joy in life uh for me i really like to hike i love nature in general and uh going for a hike in the wood or mountains so it's uh, something with uh really fulfill for me do you have any um, any favorite hikes that you've um, done in the last you know couple since being here? Yes, it's really close, right there in the property, Liberty yeah. Wood. <laughs> it's okay. It's all, I'll, I'll allow it. That's right. I'll allow it. Um, because you have because uh, you have eighty acres there. I mean, you have a lot of space to move around. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. How about you, Brent? What do you like to do? Uh, what brings you joy? I, I do also enjoy, um, hiking. Uh, I, I, re- I like skydiving. Um, I'm a, I'm a licensed skydiver. Oh my God. And, uh, just, yeah, my, my two of my really good friends, like two of my best friends were just here. Like we just took them to the airport this morning for yeah. like nine 30. Cause we got to get up at like three this morning to drive them to Boston. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, we went, we went skydiving up in orange did three jumps a couple mm-hmm. of days ago. So, um, Thanks. Yeah, I've, I've I've done 340 jumps, I think. Now. Oh my god! So much of what you two do terrifies me. <laughs> I was gonna say that's another thing that you were terrified of: horses jumping out of planes, <laughs> naked even four times. <laughs> oh my god! Really? <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, wow, what's that like? Can you describe it for us? That not the naked skydivings but just that feel or you can if you want but that feeling of of jumping out of that plane and just falling what's that like Claire, how was it she went once yeah i went once it's something i want to check on my list yeah uh, well for me i think it's really really fucking scary yeah <laughs> absolutely 
<laughs> Sorry, wrong word. But after that, it's really fun. Like uh, after the jump where you kind of wonder yourself, why do you jump off the plane? And you're like, why I'm doing that? And why I'm opening my body to this, to this empty space like that? After that, it's just, uh, I can understand why why you like it because it's a lot of adrenaline and uh, a lot of fun and yeah. But I don't know for you. Uh, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Um, and, and like the adrenaline is there a bit, but it's for, you know, when you've done it that many times, it, you know, it's not as intense, uh, but it's, it's kind of this mix of, you know, you almost obviously feel like you're flying. You're not, you're falling, but it kind of gives you that sensation clearly. And also when you're up there, like with your buddies, you know, um, you get to do, it's like this, like weird adult playtime in the sky. You're like, Oh, we're going to do some backflips and then we're going to do some spins and we're going to oh link God. up and, we're, you know, you know, and, uh, it's just, it's just really fun, you know, like to be able to, to like come up with a plan and try to execute the plan. And sometimes when it doesn't really go to plan, when you're trying to like do a formation and it's kind of a, you know, we'll say a shit show, um, but safe, but it, you know, it, it's, it's almost, those are almost the best ones sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> when it all kinds of falls apart as long as everybody lands good and they do wow well it's so so funny yeah what well i used to like when i was like when i was younger i very much enjoy going to the amusement parks and you know i love free fall like free fall rides and whatnot but like yeah jumping out of an airplane like scares the shit out of me and then as we have children and as i get older like going to the amusement park like terrifies me now and this doesn't terrify me but like having my kids with me and like watching them go on the rides. And then like, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, you just like feel your, your mortality more. I don't know. So it's interesting that you, <laughs> you're yeah. still doing it. I don't know. Relatively safe. Yeah. I mean, you know, you get, you got two parachutes, you know, I mean, yeah. obviously people die, but people die on the, the roads yeah. every That's day. That's true. That's you know? true. That's true. You're going to, you're going to go one way or another. It's, it's relatively safe. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you for sharing yeah, those, for sharing. Um, those experiences. I love it. Um, all right. Our last question, and I'm going to direct this to both of you. You can answer in whatever order you want and whoever answers second is going to have more time to think about this. So I'm just going to say, so start kicking each other under the table. Um, what, ha- what have you experienced, um, that you can't explain? And this could be anything. This could be, this could be something spiritual. It could be something paranormal. It could be whatever, whatever pops into mind. Something you cannot explain. Okay. Yeah. I'll go first. Okay. I mean, I have something. It, okay. I did a uh, Vipassana meditation, like the silent meditation retreat for 10 days. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. actually done two, I think it's 2019 and what last year, right? 2021 in uh, Idaho. And I mean, I, can, I guess I can explain it, but it's, it's like you're, you're meditating for about nine and a half hours a day, um, on a schedule from like six in the morning till I don't know, about eight 30 at night, you know, with breaks for a little bit of uh, food and, and, uh, you know, maybe walking around the property and you don't make eye contact. You don't talk, you know, you don't read, you don't have music, you don't have books. Like you're literally meditating, eating and sleeping and maybe walking around and, and again, not even making eye contact. And, um, and, and it, and it becomes like basically a body scan meditation after, you know, like three days, you're just 
starting at the top of your head and tuning into the sensations in your body. Like, Oh, what do I feel? Do I feel anything? Is it hot, cold, tingly, whatever? And you, and you just kind of move from head to toe and, and you, and you do that for <laughs> like a week, right. After, after you get to this point. And, um, cause the first three days you're just tuning into the sensations of your breath right here on your nose, like just below your nostrils, yeah. which is painstaking, at least for me. Um, but you get to a point where like all of a sudden, the first time I went, I don't know, seven days in, all of a sudden I felt this, what seemed to be like a little tingling on the top of my head. And then as I moved my, my, um, focus down my attention, all of a sudden it felt like, like a ring of sensation, like almost like tingling. And then it like, wherever I moved my focus, it, it went all the way down to my toes and then my toes and I went back up. So it just felt like this, like almost like a halo of, um, sensation and that like blew my mind and then it happened a couple times the first time i went in 2019 and then when i went back um it it happened again and it got to the point where you could think about like this spot on your arm and it almost felt like somebody was pushing that spot on your arm or you know um i i got to a point where okay what if i I, I always thought it like pushing in, like in my mind, I was like pushing in and it felt like somebody's kind of pushing in my, the top of my head. But then all of a sudden, like, what if I take it the other direction and I imagine it like pulling out. So it felt like it was expanding off the, like, like it was kind of like expanding off my, my head. And then it just moved all around my body. And I was, I went back to my room and I was laying there and I was like, visualizing this expansiveness out of my chest and it felt like and i and i did broaden that expansion to my whole body and it almost felt like i was gonna i it almost felt like i I know i didn't like lift out of the bed yeah i I mean i'm not claiming that i lifted out of the bed or even was going to lift out of the bed but it almost like a lightness it was crazy wow um and but it's it's something they kind of describe within the 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 meditation is, is this, this free flowing energy or, or whatnot. And I think it's just like tuning into your body. Like we're, mm. we're so not in tune kind of like we're not in tune with, with animals, you know, or ourselves and, yeah. and we're missing, we're missing all of these sensations in our body. It's crazy. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I'm actually reading yeah. a book right now. It's like a atheists, um, reflection on Buddhism. Right. Um, yeah. and this guy was like, a. uh, you know, he studied in, he studied in India and was like with the Dalai Lama. And it's like his journey through, um, like traditional Tibetan Buddhism to Zen Buddhism, then to this form of like atheistic Buddhism he practices. And there's a chapter where he describes meditating Brent. That sounds just like what you described to me. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Claire. What about you? Anything that you you think about that you can't explain? Um, I didn't have any experience like that, uh, for sure. <laughs> it makes a level like up high. Um, I think the only thing that come in my mind is um, I um, maybe a bit hard for me to share right now, but uh, I um, my mom had a cancer a few years ago, and I had really the intuition 
it happened before it happened. So the night she discovered she has a cancer, I was in Australia. I called her in the middle of the night because it was daytime in France. And I was like, what's happened? And she discovered she has a cancer, but really from nowhere. She was really healthy and all of it. And um, I just take the first fly, come back to France and stay with her. And it was really, I and I kind of cannot explain. I I wasn't ahead of everything what will happen with the the intuition. And sometimes I could not really explain. Um, I make my grandparents to come to see her two days before she passed away, where she wasn't ready, really, to pass away, or really a lot of things like that. And this, like, sense of intuition where my head was said, why are you doing that? She's not dying yet. She will just recover from cancer to like my heart say, just do it. You will get Mm -hmm. it later. Just do it. And that's for me, it's, um, it's something I try to understand and try to touch again, because sometimes our head said something, um, but her heart says something else, and often we don't follow the heart, and we just understand later on, and we have regrets where, mm. you know, it's hard to live on that. So I guess it's, um, yeah, it's probably the yeah. part uh, of my uh, yeah. little story. It's a bit hard to... Well, thank you. Um, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss, and thank you for sharing such a, a personal um, example with us. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I'm hearing a lot about energies right and connections to self and others here that's you know definitely unexplainable so thank you Woo! i loved it uh thank you wow i'm just sitting with that for a minute (laughs) sorry yeah you okay over there i'm okay all right yeah i'm fine all right claire brent walton thank you both I, Thank you. I really enjoyed this conversation um, with you two. Um, I learned a lot. I think the story of Liberty Woods is a love story. I think it's. I think it's. It's a story of 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 two people who who found each other and shared this interest in uh, making positive change in the world. Yeah. Maybe through different ways. Um, Claire, your focus on. Horses and yoga. Brent, your focus on high fiving <laughs> yoga, jumping out of airplanes, yeah. professional coaching. <laughs> right. Um, but I think you found each other and you are turning this Liberty Woods into something amazing yes. in our in our town. So thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I really enjoyed hearing that story. All right, listeners. Um, a couple of things for you to know. Number one, uh, check out our website, okay? Go there, and you can see all the stuff we're up to, okay? There's a link to our Instagram page. You can connect to that from there. You can connect to our Facebook from there. We got a new review. We got a new review. It, it was, It was, of course, glowing, right, Stomping Jen? Of course. Jen? There's, yes. Yeah. We'll take any kind of review, but any the glowing kind. kind of review is uh, always a better kind one of One star, two star, anything. <laughs> Just give us reviews. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, you know what to do. Um, if you're listening to this for the first time, right, because you were drawn in, um, because you know Claire and uh, Brent and 
do us a favor. You love horses. You love horses, whatever it is. However you found your way to us, please subscribe to the podcast, download our episodes. Share with a friend. Share with a friend. Spread the love, okay? Um, Do that, please. Um, And finally, I'm feeling the love this week. I'm going to say this week, listeners, I love you. (laughs) Only this week. This week and this week only. Don't... you may Don't not, expect it. Don't rely on it. You may never hear it again, but this week I love you. <laughs> this week. Right? All right. Anything else, Stomping Jen? I think we're good. All right. We're all going to go around and just say goodbye in whatever way we like to say goodbye. Um, uh, Claire, I'll give you the, the honor of going first. Well, it was an honor to um, be with you, to chat here, and um, I hope to see you soon to do some uh, horse class. You all, people who follow you. Nice. All right. Thanks, Brent. High five. High five. All right. Yeah. All right. An audio (laughs) high five. Awesome. All right. We did it. (laughs) All right. It was two high fives. Uh, Stomping Jen. Uh, Bye now. All right. Uh, I'm going to say the same thing uh, to you all because I invented bye now. So, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> bye now. <laughs>